Hey, everybody. What's up? Happy Wednesday. Two years. The Green Bay Packers getting ready. Take on the Pittsburgh Steelers this coming weekend in the Week 10 matchup. So thought I would hop on here for a little bit and just talk with everybody, see how everybody's doing, give you an update on the injury report that was today. It's uh, it's getting longer again, in case you're wondering. Packers played a game. So, of course, it's it's getting longer. So I'll go through that, what the details were and and update you there accordingly. And then also just see what you have to say, what your questions are. I see Don's here. Hello to you, Jacob. Hello to you as well. So let me just get through the injury report. Then I will dive into some questions. One, for limited participants today from practice, that would be Kenny Clark, Rudy Ford, Elton Jenkins, and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones did not wear the red quarterback jersey today. Just an actual regular old limited practice for Aaron Jones today. The other really positive news there is Kenny Clark. Now, we all saw him be carted off the field and everything, and that injury didn't exactly look great. Already back and practicing in a limited capacity, that is great news for the Green Bay Packers. In terms of did not practice, like these are guys that didn't do anything. Jair is back on that list, except now it's not with his back injury. Now it's with a shoulder injury. When Lafleur was asked about it in his press conference, Lafleur basically said that Jair got good and banged up. Uh, towards the end of the Rams game, so he took the day off today. The floor didn't sound exactly concerned, or even that this was uh, a re-injury of the back. They might have just been giving Jair a day off. Yash also missed today, as did John Runyon Jr. with a neck injury, and then Quay Walker continuing to be out with his groin injury. A full participant was Christian Watson. It was determined that he officially did not have a concussion and his head and neck and back and everything else that hit the ground hard is good to go. So he was a full participant practice today. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, they had two did not practices. One would be former Packer Montrevious Adams. He did not practice today, as well as safety Minka Fitzpatrick. And if you go look at the Steelers side of things, there is concern about whether Minka Fitzpatrick will be able to suit up for the Steelers this weekend or not. And then in terms of limited practices, they had two, one being defensive lineman Cam Hayward and the other being linebacker Alandon Roberts. So there you have it, your Wednesday practice report. Let's see how everybody's doing here. Hello to you, Don. Don saying Jones and Dylan to get 20 to 25 carries between them this week. I think so. I think this is a really good week for that to occur. I mean, if you go dive into the Pittsburgh Steelers numbers, how they have a winning record is, I don't want to say baffling, but this is a team that's just figured out how to win. In terms of defense, like defense yards given up, they're in the bottom third of the NFL in both rushing yards allowed and passing yards allowed. This feels like a game that Green Bay should roll out probably a very similar game plan to the one that we saw against the Rams. Some Miami wrinkles in the offensive plan, some San Francisco wrinkles in the offensive plan. The places that Lafleur stole from, I think he may just continue stealing from. The one th modification that they want to make, and the run game will help with this as well, is going against Pittsburgh versus LA. You actually have to focus more on protection, especially with Cam Hayward back in there. We all know the menace that TJ Watt can be. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that will get after you. They're near the top in sacks per game. So while Green Bay may stay pretty close on the play calling side of things, protection may be a larger emphasis, keeping in an extra block or something to that effect. But in terms of just pure carries, this should absolutely be a week that we see 20 to 25 for Jones and Dylan again. Jacob, hopefully I remember week one and how the run game set up a bounce. Oh, that was in response to Don. Yeah, 
I agree. A balanced approach is better. And AJ Dillon is beginning to actually look like AJ Dillon again. Uh, looking the first four weeks of the season versus the final four weeks that we just experienced, drastically different runner. His two highest yards per carries on the season have come in games that Aaron Jones is active. The Packers now have the running game, have the horses in the game that they envisioned having all along. Now it's time to actually funnel the offense through the run. So I agree, they should be a balanced offense. Chris Hand saying, hey, Chris, if the Steelers win this game, can we say they stole it? <laughs> uh, hi, Chris. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but also, I mean, the Steelers are just a team that has figured out how to win. You know, if, if you go look at their wins and losses week by week, oftentimes, like they've won the games that they were supposed to win. It's a hallmark of a good team, right? They also snuck out a win against the Baltimore Ravens. And then they kind of lost the games you'd basically expect them to lose per how the rest of the AFC is shaking out. It's kind of what the Packers are trying to learn how to do. Like I mentioned the other day, young teams need to learn how to win. Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers, they figured out for years how to win, even if it's not pretty or electric or exciting. And that's what they're doing this year. So, yeah, we could go with that, Chris. Jacob saying, I forget the guard's name, but I know we have a backup who you think is worthy of being a starter. Any chance that he could have a more active role this game? Yeah, I'll tell you. So you're referencing Sean Ryan, uh, the third round pick of two years ago. He, or I should say he's in his second year in the league now, came in for seven snaps in relief of John Runyon Jr. this last game. And you could see an immediate impact in the run game. So a little bit of background on Sean Ryan. He rookie last year, and it went as terribly as a rookie year could go. Never saw the field. I don't even think he was active for any game. Uh, wound up, uh, winded, like got, got suspended for the final six games of the year because of a PED violation. Just a mess, right? And he showed up to training camp this year and played well. I thought in a lot of ways outperformed incumbent starter John Runyon Jr. It looked as though he was going to be deserving of some time. We get into the season. Elton Jenkins suffers an injury. And bafflingly, the Packers again prioritized experience by trotting out Royce Newman again. But finally, this last weekend, Sean Ryan is able to sneak in. And the reason why I say I think he's he's elevated his play is twofold. One, in those seven snaps that he relieved John Runyon Jr., it was clear he was a people mover. Just looking at those seven snaps alone, he did an excellent job clearing lanes in the run game. Better than John Runyon Jr. typically does. The other part of it is John Runyon Jr., for years now, has been incredibly reliable as a pass blocker. Not good in run, but he was a good pass blocker. This year, he's neither. He's taken a large step back. And then you can blame it on being banged up throughout the course of the year, multiple injuries for John Rooney Jr. Whatever, it doesn't matter. He's not doing either one as well. So my take on it is here you've got John Runyon Jr. in the last year of his contract. And you've got Sean Ryan, who still has two years left after this year. If this is an evaluation year, then get to evaluating and see what you've got in Sean Ryan, because chances are, per what John Runyon Jr. has shown you to this point, Sean Ryan's a realistic upgrade. As for this weekend, John Runyon Jr., as I noted, did not practice today. He's got a neck injury. 
He is very banged up from the, uh, he had an ankle injury earlier this year. Like it's been a very banged up year for John Runyon Jr. <clears throat> so if he can't go, might we see Run, uh, Ryan more? Yeah, we definitely can. If John Runyon Jr. is declared healthy, we probably still continue to see John Runyon Jr. because the coaching staff is so incredibly loyal to experience and who they name as their starters. So, yeah. Uh, Dan Lemon said, Sean Ryan. Yes, indeed. That was about Sean Ryan. <clears throat> uh, Chris Hand saying, what is like that school lunch bully? <clears throat> I'm sorry, excuse me. Who after he tackles you for your lunch money, comes back again. And you're like, you can't have my lunch money. Why not? Because you just took it and runs away. <laughs> yeah, he seems to be the meaner of the two Watts, right? Like comparing JJ and TJ. Like JJ was a bully, but you knew that he'd like help you out after he just decked you. TJ, whoo, like he'll just annihilate you and then shove your face in it. So yeah, yeah, to a certain degree, I'm inclined to agree, Chris. Uh, TJ seems to have the meaner streak of the Watt brothers. And of course, Packer fans are going to hold an extra little angst uh, towards Ted Thompson for probably all of eternity since he chose Kevin King over TJ Watt. Um, I understand, but at the same time, I would say the Packers desperately needed a cornerback in that era. And Kevin King was your guy at that time. So there you have it. So uh, while I'm all caught up on comments here, I will just make note. The Pittsburgh Steelers are an incredibly interesting matchup for the Green Bay Packers because they've got their own young quarterback, Kenny Pickett, in his second year. And they have vastly more experience weaponry around Kenny Pickett, you know, in the form of Deontay Johnson, who now has returned. George Pickens is, he's young as well, uh, plays like an older vet and, you know, might have some of the senileness of an older folk, but I digress. Still, it's a different team, but still so unbelievably similar. The Pittsburgh Steelers, though, are not only bottom third in both defensive metrics, they're also the bottom third in the NFL in both passing yards per game and rushing yards per game across the board, all yards per game. They're in the bottom third of the NFL. However, in terms of sacks and turnover margin, they're in the top 10 of the NFL. This is a very, very opportunistic defense that you can't allow to get yourself into some kind of foot race, some kind of bullying match, some brawl against this defense. The Packers got to come out quick, move the ball, get them on their heels. This is one team you just don't want to get into a, a brawl with. Bonsoir, Jean. Bonjour to you, Peter. Uh, I'm talking about the Steelers. What do you think about the George Pickens recent situation? I'm starting blocks to understand why Goot was reluctant to draft him in spite of his huge talent. Yeah, so back in the draft time, like that, that was pre this podcast getting started. I had a lot of reservation. I love the way, the tenacity that George Pickens played the game with. But some of the rumbling about maturity or character, whatever semantic you want to use, seemed to have some real legitimacy when it came to Pickens. And now the Pittsburgh Steelers seem to be seeing it firsthand. I'm not going to completely come out against a young guy who's upset that he feels as though he's not getting his chance, right? But the stuff that came out about, you know, a touchdown went to Johnson and Pickens, rather than celebrating, just hung his head and walked off the field. Like, dude, 
your team just got a touchdown. You should probably go celebrate with your team because that's like the whole goal that you're here for, right? So I guess I would just say, yeah, if the Packers got that feeling in the pre-draft process that this guy may put self before team, in spite of all of the, how good does he block? How, how good is he at contested catches? If they got that vibe that it's self before team, the Packers are never going to make that move. And yeah, maybe maybe we're seeing the gist of it now. Maybe this will all blow over and we could just chalk it up to being a, a youthful, uh, I hate to use the word tantrum, that feels minimizing, but that's the word that's coming to mind. Kind of a youthful tantrum. Maybe it'll all wash over, but this is the kind of thing, Brian Goodekunst and company, the Green Bay Packers avoid like the plague. Uh, they just, they don't want it. So... Anthony, just stopping by to say hello, and what's the hopes for this week? Hello to you, Anthony. Um, it is a winnable game for the Green Bay Packers. However, they do have to come out fast. Like I mentioned earlier, don't get into a brawl with the Steelers. The, the Packers aren't going to win if it becomes a brawl. It will be a low-scoring affair. This is a offense in progress for the Green Bay Packers, and by most accounts, a fairly lost offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's going to be low scoring, but for the Green Bay Packers, it's going to be important to get out first. Don't allow the Pittsburgh Steelers to settle back into their zones and then light you up. That could be highly problematic. Uh, let's see here. Even Steven. Hey, hello to you. So let's see. Just checking on other comments here. It does look like I'm all caught up. Peter saying, I'm starting to understand. Well, that's, that's good, Peter. Um, Casey, hey, Casey, how you doing? Uh, do you believe Watson gaining some body mass in the upcoming offseason is worth losing some of his top-end speed? Well, I'm going to say no. And I, I say that from the standpoint of I don't think it's a body mass problem with Christian Watson. One, Love and he seem to have terrible chemistry. Like, they're just not on the same page. Um, the timing of Watson on go routes and Love chucking it up is, it's just off. They just don't understand each other on that level yet. And I know the early season injury for Watson certainly didn't help, but still, they got to get on the same page. I think it's more, honestly, of a mentality problem with Christian Watson. You know, it's it's almost like, let's say it this way. It's almost like he's an MVS in a Megatron body. And, and what I mean by that is like MVS was an excellent deep ball receiver. Uh, he was like, he was faster than darn near anybody on the field. So you just tell him to go and he would go and then hopefully the ball would get to him correctly. But he was really, really thin. Right. I mean, it was he was going to beat you with speed or not do much else. Christian Watson doesn't really have that body type. He is incredibly muscular. He doesn't look rail thin in the ankles or anything like that. He's very muscular. He's very uh, wide for his size. Right. Kind of like a Calvin Johnson or other behemoths of man that have lined up at wide receiver before. So I don't think adding mass is necessarily the same problem that like an MVS would have had. I think it's more so Watson needs to learn the nuance of the position, needs to learn his quarterback, needs to learn when to slow up versus going full tilt. 
because that's been a consistent problem for Watson. Sometimes he winds up sprinting when he should let up. Other times he lets up when he should be in a sprint. It's more the, the technicalities of the position and less of a body issue for Watson. Although I will give you totally that the, the soft tissue injury thing is concerning. It's not problematic yet, but it's still concerning. Anthony, yeah, as soon as I sent that comment, you answered it. But true, that defense is better than what week one told. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Casey, yeah, love that comparison. Thank you. Thank you, Casey. Even, who do you think the Packers are looking at, at in round number one of the 2024 draft? Oh, oh. Let me, I, I guess I'll answer that positionally first. Because I will just say there is much to be determined on whether the Packers are going to pick top 10, top 5, 15 to 17. Like there's a very wide range of outcomes yet. And that will drastically change what players they may be looking at. I will say if Marvin Harrison Jr., if they're in position to go get him, do it. <laughs> I'm game for that. Um, same with left tackle Joe Alt. If they're in position to grab Joel, just do it and consider your left tackle position done for the next 15 years, barring significant injury like Bakhtiari. So I guess I would just say tackle is probably going to be a point of emphasis in the draft this year. They've ignored it for a couple of years now, really. And so it's probably time that they went back to tackle. I do think as well, we may see another, even though there's Brooks and Wooden, wouldn't shock me, given Kenny Clark's contract situation, to see a big body on the defensive line. There's also, uh, earlier today on the interwebs, there was a conversation about should the Packers, if they move on from Joe Barry, should they switch to being a 4-3 defense? Well, if they do that, then just scribble off your draft board and, and make it all over again. But I think safety could be a priority. Cornerback on some level need to be addressed. Probably not in the first round. But my grand inclination right now would say tackle may very well be the top priority. And then from there, probably safety or corner is really where I could see them going pretty quick. Now, Valentine bangs like completely balls out for the last 10 games and corner is not even a thing that they want to think about. Maybe it's all, it's very, very uh, subject to change. Let's see here. Peter, could Sean Ryan eventually put an end to the Packers third round draft picks doom? We should remember he was a huge prospect in his final year in UCLA. Yeah, he was drafted in the top three rounds for a reason, right? And he had flexibility to be inside and outside a tackle in his time at UCLA. I do think he could. I do think that that rookie year was about as disastrous as a human could possibly have a rookie year. So. I mean, obviously, he's had to kind of come back from that. Beyond that, too, I do think his place is best at guard. I do think he could break the third-round curse. I'm not saying he's going to become a Pro Bowl guard, but he could at least become a competent, regular starter, and that is an improvement alone over the third-round curse. Steve is real. Yay, Steve. This is going to be a brutal game against this Pittsburgh defense. I'm not really worried about the Steelers' offense. This should be a close, low-scoring game. 100% agree. Also, love your new profile picture of Anthony Johnson Jr. Good choice. Um, the one thing that I will say about the Pittsburgh defense is they are extremely opportunistic. Sacks, turnovers. They do both of those at a top clip in the NFL. However, 
in yards allowed per game. They are in the bottom third for both passing yards and rushing yards. In fact, their rushing yards per game allowed is worse than the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. There are teams worse than Green Bay, and one of them happens to be Pittsburgh. So they're kind of the embodiment of Ben, but don't break. They get the huge plays when they need them. But you can move the ball against Pittsburgh. Of that, there's no doubt. Dan, hello to you, Dan. Speaking of draft wants, how has Darnell looked for Pittsburgh? I know a lot of people, including me, wanted him. Oh, uh, Darnell Washington, the, the tight end from Georgia. From my understanding from diving into Pittsburgh stuff, He's looked about as advertised, effective blocker for them, certainly, but also someone with not exactly a lot of agility, not exactly a lot of smoothness when it comes to being a receiver. I know they have done a couple of wrinkles with him being a big body in the red zone, and I know of at least one play that's worked pretty well for that. But on the whole, he looks like a tight end that's been exactly like they thought he would be. Good blocker, certainly above average in that regard, with a lot of work to go on the receiving end, given stiffness, lack of fluidity, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, and I don't, I don't blame Green Bay for, for running that at all. I considered him the next Mercedes Lewis. I thought he was a natural pick, but Green Bay didn't think so. Um, Chris saying, I'm excited for the draft too. Yep, you bet. Dan saying, uh, hey, Dan. John, are you concerned that J-Love is having a lot of difficulty with the deep throw accuracy? Does he really have the arm? Seems he underthrows a lot. So, yes, I'm concerned about it, but I don't view it as a, like, as an, uh, as a career ender or anything to that effect. You know, I think part of it is he probably has the yips. I think Tom Clements has tried to get in his ear so much about delivering the perfect pass down the field that now he overthinks it. If you go back through the course of several different games and watch when is J-Love a little bit more accurate versus a little bit less accurate, he's actually a little bit more accurate when the offense is quicker paced, he's moving at a good clip, uh, times are desperate, right? More grip it and rip it situations, as Matt LaFleur calls them versus times when it's like the first quarter, it's second and five. Let's just try a shot play and they take all the time in the world to make all the adjustments, et cetera, et cetera. When it came to training camp, when it came to uh, other practices, J-Love actually overthrew a lot. And that's why I don't wonder if this underthrow is actually a bit of an overcorrection. Maybe it's mental more than physical. Maybe it's a footwork change that has to happen because now you're in live game situations. But I do know there's been times where he was consistently overthrowing receivers. So I don't view it as an arm problem. I view it as a tweakable thing that needs to find its root cause, if that makes sense. So certainly a work in progress, certainly concerning that it's not fixed yet. It's not like this is a new problem for him. But am I willing to write him off because of that trait alone? No, no, I, I wouldn't say that, Dan. Chris Hand, watch out. Uh, watch out of nowhere. There's going to be a defensive player with the last name Watt. Ta-da. <laughs> yeah. If the backers could find another Watt, that would be tremendous. They could, uh, they could use a Watt on their defensive front. So I do believe I am all, oh, holy cow, I'm not. Okay, Peter, safety Rod Moore from Michigan would be a great addition in round two. Maybe, 
I'm not going to lie to you. I said this last week too. Like I haven't, I have not fully dove into draft prep yet. As I'm not shy about, I am not an average college football watcher. Like it's just, it's not my deal. When we get closer to the end of the season, when it becomes a little bit more clear where the Packers may be picking, then I'll start diving in, looking at player profiles, uh, seeing who's a good match for the Packer way that they like to do things, et cetera. Right now, I know the big names. I know what position the Packers may be looking at. I know what schools historically has produced positions like the Packers like. I don't know individual names so much. So, Peter, I'm going to take your word for it. Steve, I know the left tackle spot would be looked at heavily. I know her, John, you said Goody discussed his deal on Bakhtiari. So I believe the left tackle will be looked at very much. Yeah, just to really quick summarize that again, at Brian Gutekunst's press conference last week, when asked about David Bakhtiari, Brian Gutekunst said, I'll let David speak to that. And then Brian Gutekunst basically put down another comment that said, it's going to be a long road back for David. This isn't a short thing. None of that sounds good, y'all. So, you know, he didn't make the statement of like, we're going to work with David. We want him back. It wasn't anything like that. It was going to let him speak to it. And this is a long road ahead. So Brian Gutekunst is certainly looking at all options for left tackle position. If this is a miracle surgery and Bakhtiari wants to continue playing and it all works and like, good, sweet, left tackle still good for another year. I just don't believe that that's the likely course anymore. Logic is seemingly dictating and based upon what they're saying. Dave Bakhtiari very well might be done in Green Bay. Peter, I recently read that Jaden Reed would eventually turn out to be the best slot receiver from draft 2023. Do you agree? He's got all the tools too. There are, and he's, I mean, he's not far behind Luke Musgrave in terms of rookie receptions right now. We've seen the impact he can make. The thing that's a little confusing about Jaden Reed for me personally to this point is in training camp, he really really became a weapon in the red zone when they were doing their two minute drills or even just their red zone standalone drills. Jaden Reed was very good there, partly because he was, despite his size, was great at making contested catches. Now fast forward to where we are in the season and Jaden Reed, he at least hasn't exhibited that as a strength of his game. In spite of it being when he was in college, it certainly was. So he kind of needs to get that back before I think we can make any declarations on that. All right, quick. I'm going to answer three more and then I got to jump. Chris saying, before you go, is it true there was words in the table trading Rashawn Gary? No, no. I know some people tried to rile that up, that the Packers should move him. And then when they decided not to is when they did the contract extension, like I've seen it. The truth is, I like granted, I don't have Brian Gutekunst on speed dial. I can't say with 100% certainty, but no, that would go against every way that the Packers do business. They had been talking to Rashawn for a while about a contract extension. You know, there's some murmurs of them even starting the conversation back in training camp. Rashawn Gary made it clear he didn't want to go anywhere. I just, there's no way in my mind that that even has remotely any grain of truth to it. I think it was people saying that the Packers should tank, should trade him, but that's that's just their opinions. That's pretty wildly off fact. Uh, Tim AJ, which will be more important this weekend, getting the ball quickly to the check down or the long ball? Um, 
I don't want to do like a, a cop out answer here, but I would just say like very much depends on the situation. If you're stuck in third and long and Cam Hayward and TJ Watt, they're going to pin their ears back and come get you, they get the ball out because they will come and get you. If, however, you're looking at earlier downs, more advantageous short yarded situations, then the long ball. The Pittsburgh Steelers have Joey Porter Jr. at corner, who really is having a great rookie year. He's officially been elevated to being a starter for them now, even though the Steelers kind of dragged their toes on that. But per NFL ratings, per a lot of advanced metrics, Patrick Peterson and the rest of their cornerback crew have been predominantly deficient uh, throughout the vast majority of the year. So there's going to be opportunities to be had, especially if safety Minka fans Patrick isn't able to go. So there's opportunities to be had. If it's third and long, yeah, get rid of the ball. Don't become a victim of TJ Watt. Other than that, though, let's see a real offense, not just throws behind the line of scrimmage. Steve, what's the dead cap hit on Bakhtiari? Uh, his total cap number in 2024 is $40 million. Um, I believe his uh, the guaranteed number is 21, and then they can free up 19 million in cap by moving on from him. Now that's off the top of my head. I know the two numbers are 19 and 21. I may have it flipped. I, I believe it's if they were just to outright cut them, they get 19 million in cap space gained. So that leaves 21 million as the dead cap number. And it would only be for the next year, I believe. I don't think he's got much beyond that. So um, yeah, that's the quick, quick answer on Bakhtiari. If they keep him, and do absolutely nothing with this contract, it's a $40 million cap number next year. So there you go, Dan. Thank you to you, Steve. Thank you, as always. Thanks, everybody, for coming out here. I'm going to get going. Hope everybody's having a great Wednesday. I'll be back on Friday. Uh, Friday, I'll be doing the game preview for Packers versus Steelers. And please, please, some of you were so awesome on Monday with video, trying to get numbers back up for the channel. Leave some comments, leave some likes, just to help, help boost it up, if you like me. So Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you're having a great day. And as always, Go Pack Go!